of Speaking, a monthly podcast on the spoken word. Episode 65, June 2023. Name Coach, a conversation with Praveen Shambhag. Hello, Paul Meyer here. First, a shout out to my colleague, Pamela Prather. Her excellent new book, The Voice Coach's Toolkit, has recently been published. I was flattered that she asked me to write the foreword and doubly flattered to share the stage with many of the A-list voice coaches she quotes in the book. The collective wisdom of those coaches means that there may be no better publication to help a newcomer get to know the best practices of this fascinating profession. Congratulations and thanks, Pamela. And for those newbies who may not have a huge budget, let me highlight the extensive free stuff I provide at paulmeyer.com slash freestuff. That's free hyphen stuff. There, in addition to this podcast, you'll find a lot of the pronunciation lessons I created for a company called Global English. And there are a lot of Shakespeare resources there too, including my ebook, The Original Pronunciation of Shakespeare's English, text with embedded audio, and lots more. All free. Last time for our Guess That Accent quiz, I played this clip from the International Dialects of English Archive, Idea and challenged you to say where on the planet the speaker grew up. What i very, very happy is because my key growing and they are very strong and they, they have their own job, their own house. They are very independent and they help me a lot. What do you think? If you guessed Central America, congratulations. If you were able to narrow it down to Nicaragua, double congratulations. It was Ideas Nicaragua 1, contributed by our prolific senior editor, David Neville. Thanks again so much, David. The speaker was 62 years old when David's student, Ricky Abiles, recorded her in 2015. She had lived the first 28 years of her life in Nicaragua before moving to the US. To hear the whole recording... Go to the Dialects and Accents tab on the menu bar of dialectsarchive.com and drill down to Nicaragua on the Central America page. Now, this month's challenge. Where did this speaker spend her formative years? Actually, each week, one of us would get a choice. We would pick who would go where and where whoever picked the choice, that's where we would go. And we were pretty good about that. And we used to have a great time and that was a lot of fun. And it's interesting because as we, I got married and I had two children, I had a son and a daughter, we used to do the same thing. Every Sunday we would pick, the, Allie or John would get to pick where they would like to go for a, um, a Sunday. Get the answer next time. A quick reminder, listening to this podcast directly from paulmeyer.com is always your best choice. Only there can you get the free extra material related to the guest and the topic. So if you're not listening on paulmeyer.com right now, go to the paulmeyer.com menu bar and under other services, you'll find in a manner of speaking with links to each podcast episode. My guest this month is Praveen Shanbag, founder and CEO of Namecoach. He's the ideal guest to follow Graham Poynton last month's guest. Name Coach allows you to create what Praveen calls a name badge 
that you can add to your email signature or social media account or wherever you want to put it. The badge contains a sound file, you pronouncing your own name, to show the world how you like to be addressed. Brilliant. So welcome, Praveen Ramesh Chanbag, to In a Manner of Speaking. Thank you, Paul. Very glad to be here. Did I get your name right? You did. That was perfect. <laughs> That's great. This is the perfect sequel to my two previous podcasts, which I know you've listened to. Catherine Sangster, pronunciation editor of the Oxford English Dictionary, and then Graham Poynton, former pronunciation advisor to the British Broadcasting Corporation, BBC, were my guests. All about pronouncing words and particularly names correctly. Now, you've Praveen, done something really rather remarkable, something marvelous. You've created Name Coach in 2014, nearly 10 years ago. Tell us why you founded it. The inspiration was a few personal experiences, a big one being my sister having her name mangled at her college graduation ceremony. Oh, damn. Do you remember what they, <laughs> uh, do you remember how badly they mangled it? So her name is Pratima Shanbag. I believe they said Pratima. Right, so the the T. I mean, a bunch of a bunch of it was wrong. <laughs> the vowels yeah. and and I think it was shebang, which is something that I get. Oh my from. goodness! Yeah, yeah, that's definitely definitely a mispronunciation for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so um, that ins that inspired you to to found Name Coach. Tell us more. We were certainly annoyed by that, and it occurred to me that you know something that that actually we've heard many times now from name coach users, that there's just this subtle but real sense of alienation that happens when your name is mispronounced. The thought also occurred that it might be very easy to solve this problem, at least to an extent, by mm -hmm. providing audio pronunciations, uh, accurate audio pronunciations of names yeah. and phonetic spellings of names uh, to yeah. people to help them to learn how to say it. Yeah, yeah. So what, what countries' names are the hardest to pronounce? What what country uses name coach the most or, or needs it the most? Do you have any thoughts on that? Our current customer base is mostly American companies, American companies and American universities, although we do have customers around the world. I think part of the reason that American customers, American users are a good place to start mm -hmm. is that, you know, I think as was pointed out in a, in a previous episode, English is particularly idiosyncratic and complex with respect to pronunciation rules. And then in America in particular, there hasn't, maybe culturally, there's there's less of a focus on pronunciation than there's been in other parts of the English speaking world. And also, you know, I started the company here. It's American English speakers that are really getting the benefit from what we're doing right now, although we definitely want to start helping other speakers as well. With respect to the kinds of names that are being pronounced, I mean, we have names from all over the world uh, yes. that are that people are learning. I personally find certain regions of the world to have names that are more difficult to pronounce, to pronounce for myself, um, yeah. like Wales, for example. <laughs> but in terms of countries where the names are being used by name coach users, it, it, it's pretty broad. Pretty broad. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I really haven't asked you yet to explain how the name coach name badge thing works. Take us through the process. What our system does is it embeds these buttons that provide accurate audio pronunciations. And we've actually just released an automated phonetic respelling system for names as well. That's both accurate and intuitive for people. And it makes that available right at the user's fingertips in the tools that they're using in the context where it helps them, right? So 
for example, for teachers, we put these buttons and, and phonetic transcriptions next to the names in class rosters uh-huh. in learning management systems. Or for employees at a multinational corporation, we're putting it into you know, Microsoft Outlook and Google Suite and other uh-huh. communication tools that they're using internally. Or for customer support reps or sales reps, uh, call center agents, you know, put it into dialer systems or CRM systems like Salesforce, um, which help with you know, customer relationship management. That's kind of how we deliver the value of name code. But what goes into those name pronunciations, into that audio, into those phonetics, that's where a lot is, is sort of happening under the hood. Part of what we do is allow people to pronounce their own name, right? So a user will record their own name and then we'll make that available in lots of different systems. In fact, that was the first version of the app that I built. It was very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was specifically geared towards, you know, the, the problem my sister's graduation highlighted. Uh, so helping with graduation announcers. Yeah. But as we started seeing, you know, all different sorts of applications and areas where people really wanted uh, some guidance on how to pronounce names or areas where people felt like, getting their name pronounced right was, was important. <laughs> we realized that we also needed a way to essentially recommend a pronunciation to a user. And so we've built now what is the world's uh, largest name pronunciation database, and then built an AI system on top of it that essentially tries to recommend what the right pronunciation is among multiple options. Because for most names in the world, it turns out there are different ways, different genuine ways to say it, right? Different ways that people actually say their own name. And that's not necessarily an obvious fact, but it's true. And so being able to figure out how to recommend the right one in a particular circumstance is very important. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's why dictionaries usually don't have proper names because there are so many different ways to say those proper names. We estimate there's between 10 and 30 million people names in the world. It's very difficult to estimate precisely, but even on that order of magnitude, it's it's far more than the words that are that are used in a in a given language typically. You've done an amazing service to the world in this. I, I wonder if my own university. I'm I'm a retired professor of the University of Kansas. Can you tell me off the top of your head whether the University of Kansas is a client of of Name Coach? <laughs> I actually don't know about the University of Kansas in particular. Uh, I'm sure uh-huh. someone on my team does. I'm happy to check. <laughs> and if not, I would love to get in touch with them. Exactly. I would have loved to have had, uh, you know, when I get my new batch of students at the beginning of every semester, I would have loved to have been able to predict and wow them with the correct pronunciation of, <laughs> of their names at the beginning of the semester on that in that first class. That would have been great. Yeah. And the other thing I should mention is, you know, when you're asking about the inspiration for Name Coach, my sister's graduation was certainly the catalyzing event, but I was also a teacher myself. I was doing a PhD in philosophy at Stanford, and I'd started teaching both at Stanford and at at Foothill College. Mm -hmm. And both of these places have diverse student bodies. And I realized that I would often neglect to call on someone sometimes if I didn't know how to say their name, if if I felt embarrassed, or I would just avoid saying their names, which is kind of glaringly obvious when I'm saying other people's names, which is potentially alienating to the students. And the use of someone's name, particularly if you get it right, is such a, a bonding experience between mm. people. You've heard your name pronounced. He knows how to say my name. He knows my <laughs> name. He knows how to say it. I mean, or she knows how to say it. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, one of the ways that I put the mission of Name Coach is in terms of helping people build bonds of fellowship. So I like the word bonds there because I think that's yes. exactly it's exactly what it is. It's kind of indicating that you respect someone, indicating that that they they are familiar to you. 
And it's so effective, isn't it? Even in a, a situation like this, two people speaking to it. I know what your name is, Praveen. You know mine, Paul. But uh, the, the more we use it up to a certain point, I suppose, oh, he's addressing me by, by my name. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so important and so neglected in, in our culture. Yeah. Let's yeah, take my name since it's, it's all about me, of course. Let's take my <laughs> name, Paul Meyer. I was brought up in the UK where it was Paul Meyer in received pronunciation. Mm. Paul Meyer in Cockney and Paul Meyer in Hampshire. These are the three dialects that uh, I spoke as a child as we yeah. moved around the country. But in the USA, where I now live, it's Paul Meyer. I created a name coach badge. I went through the process that you've offered. It was wonderful, fun, fun, quick, easy. Congratulations. But as a dual national, British and American, I was uncertain whether I should say my name is, you know, Paul Meyer or Paul Meyer. A little bit of debate about my identity. I, I wonder if a <laughs> lot of name coach users face the same uncertainty. You know, you don't want to make it too difficult for American English speakers. So right. anglicization of one's name is attractive. I mean, I noticed that you say uh, that your name is Praveen. Now, I, I'm guessing that you're Indian in heritage, yes? That's right, yes. So in, in my in my best and worst Indian, wouldn't it have been Praveen? Yeah, you know, some some uh, I, I know some folks who immigrated from India who do pronounce it that way. My my, my family does not. Um, okay. Even though even the folks in India, so but but I, as you know, I mean, India has just a explosion of dialects across the country. You know exactly. Yeah. So even yeah. even a Praveen back home in India, regardless of the their first language, might or might not say Pra might say pra is that what you're saying to me that's right that's exactly right okay yeah. okay yeah. but yet you say and uh you tell us that your name is ramesh using that hard to do vowel as catherine sangster would have pointed out mm -hmm. you know, most english speakers seeing that spell would say ramesh right and right. yet you went for ramesh it seemed to me that you were have learned to negotiate you know, what your name is, accommodating as many cultures as possible, just as I was debating with myself how to pronounce my own name. Yeah, it speaks to something that's foundational, I think, to where I see name coach going. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about, you know, what Catherine Sangster was saying around the degree to which you try to replicate or anglicize a pronunciation or replicate it in its native language. And, you know, there's a range between a person coming off as ignorant if they're if they're anglicizing it too much or coming off as pretentious if they're um if they're not anglicizing it at all and I, th I thought that was very interesting and it speaks to exactly what you're talking about with respect to you know negotiating what your what your pronunciation is in this multicultural world an example i often think about is the name granadillo and i'm pronouncing it granadillo as an american this name is spelled G-R-A-N-A-D-I-L-L-O. Someone with that name, and, and again, the point of at least what we're doing is, is trying to just ensure that people feel respected, they feel connected with. It's really that, just making that interaction go well. So the question is, what does someone with that name want to hear? It turns out that they certainly don't want to hear Granadillo, right? That's just a obvious mispronunciation, or at least to them, it's grading. It's mangling their name. It's mangling, exactly. Absolutely. 
but you don't necessarily need to roll the R either and, and really replicate it exactly how, uh, how say a native Spanish speaker would replicate it. So, mm-hmm. so gran- Granadillo um, or Granadillo, right? Like yeah. either of those two might actually work. So um, many of us are international in our work. Increasing numbers of us on this planet are international. So it's it's not only English speakers we are addressing with our name coach name badge. Mm-hmm. We want to make it easy for anyone, regardless of their first language, to pronounce our name, right? Yeah. I mean, but I can't create one name badge for British English, another for American English, and another for Spanish speakers, et cetera, right? Right. That's an excellent point. This is something that we're actually working on right now, which is, and, and I think you touched on this in, in prior episodes as well, um, or, or some of your guests did, which is that phonemes in one language don't translate uh, directly to phonemes in another, right? There's different sets of phonemes, I guess, according to what your native language is. And I think Graham was saying that that his recommendation at the BBC was just to find the closest English, to, to English speakers, for example, to find the closest English phoneme to whatever whatever phonemes in the, in the language, the target language. And that's generally what we try to do really for any user, right? And so if there's a user who has a, a French background, having cataloged the sets of phonemes that are typical to that language, and then cataloged a map between those phonemes and the phonemes of the name that you're that mm-hmm. we're trying to pronounce, we will provide a particular pronunciation that's useful to the consumer of that name. By the way, we've just started this part of Name Coach, which is okay. kind of this phoneme mapping system. It involves interviews with native speakers. And there's a great example, the uh, the French name Fabien or Fabien. There's different ways, obviously different ways to say it. The key here is if it's F-A-B-I-E-N, do you pronounce the N at the end or not? Um, do you nasalize the vowel Fabien? Yeah. Right. And so... You know, and so it's an empirical question, like, what do people who have this name want if they're talking to an American American speaker? And it turns out that they would often prefer, if they're male, that English speakers pronounce the masculine version of their names without that, without, like, really providing the final N versus, you know, F-A-B-I-E-N-N-E, where you actually do pronounce the N. The two names, just to be clear, Fabien, male, Fabienne, female, right? Right. And so the point is, you might think that they would say, oh, it's, it's totally cool if you pronounce my name Fabien, right? Looking at, at the letters and pronouncing them as an American would just look at those letters and pronounce them. You might say that. But the reality is that these people with this name don't want it said like that. They want it said more similarly to how they would say it in their native language, right? Yeah. I read somewhere that your name sometimes is mispronounced as Parveen, and uh, that becomes the female version of yeah, your that's name? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's funny what people hear also even when I'm taking pains to be, to really enunciate my name, depending on who the hearer is, they, you know, in their background, they, sometimes people just, because of their culture, they will hear Parveen and that's how, that's what they will say. That makes this a very interesting problem to work on. It's hugely interesting, isn't it? It's yeah. hugely interesting. In some languages, you know, from its spelling, how a word is to be pronounced. Spanish and Polish are like that, I'm told. So mm. I'm wondering if, Spanish and Polish speakers' names are like that, and whether they would use name coach just for the benefit of non-Spanish or non-Polish speakers. 
Did I make a question there that you can respond to? Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. I think the I think the answer is yes. Uh, in some languages, the spelling sort of determines the pronunciation much more so than than in others, and and that extends to the names that are native to those languages as well. However, just because of the mere fact that most people in today's day in, in today's world interact with lots of different people from lots of different cultures, really in most countries that's the case. For that reason, yes, I think people do want to represent their name and and help others pronounce their name correctly. Yeah. We're in this interesting place in history where English is increasingly dominating the world's language landscape. English is dominant even in countries that don't have it as one of their official languages. So does this mean that name coach users sort of always have English speakers in mind when they tell the world how they would like their names pronounced, this sort of Anglo-consciousness among us all? Mm. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, I think it really comes down to what... So if, if it's a name coach user who's representing their own name within some context, which, by the way, is not... Uh, is subtly it's kind of different from what I was speaking to before, which is trying to transform the pronunciation according to who the what, what the name is and who the speaker of the name is. But if it's someone representing their own name in a particular context, it really just depends on on what they're trying to what what they're trying to achieve and what they feel comfortable with, right? So often uh, we'll see that if it's an employee at an organization who wants their colleagues to pronounce their names correctly, and that organization is based in the U.S., then yes, they will be focused on providing something that's easier for Americans to use. If it's, you know, if it's an international student, we don't always see that. Sometimes, sometimes we'll see them, you know, try to make it easier on their teachers. But mm-hmm. often, often, especially with students, they want to represent their name as they say it in their in their language, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then it's really up to them, the, the person learning the name, the consumer of that of that audio pronunciation to do their best. So it really just it kind of it kind of varies uh, depending on the circumstance. Yeah. Taking away the nervousness people have about getting your name wrong is important, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. You don't want you, the last thing you want is for them to be reluctant to use your name for fear of offending you. Or yeah, and it has real consequences. We did some surveys that showed that a surprisingly high percentage of people in the workplace admit that they failed to introduce someone or failed to failed to involve someone in a conversation on account of just not feeling comfortable saying their name. That has consequences for the individual employees. That has consequences for the organization, for sure. And we see that when people do use Name Coach, sometimes they'll write us, and and I, I love hearing things like this. Where they'll say, "All of a sudden, I'm getting called up more in meetings." You know, <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Another thought I had: I was wondering how a name is pronounced, say an Indian name, mm-hmm. and to what extent its pronunciation actually reveals the speaker's first language and ethnicity and perhaps even further their social status or their caste. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that's a, I would imagine there's quite a, a bit that can be revealed based on the pronunciation. I'm certainly not an expert in that area, but, but what it brings to mind for me, there's a lot of information that can be inferred from the full name someone has, right? And, and actually more than one might think about where that person is from or where their mm-hmm. family is from. And, and so similarly, you know, I think that that's probably the case for the actual pronunciation of the name as well, that there's correlations that could be inferred. For us, I mean, it's an, it's an interesting area of study because artificial intelligence is what we're using to understand these, or for our product, I should say, our system to understand 
sort of these these signals at scale, right? It's not necessarily something that can be codified in rules very easily because you know there's so many names and the world is big. Artificial intelligence, when it comes to the voice space, is a little bit more difficult than than AI in the text space, right? And so, so it's very challenging for us to sort of extract these signals and 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 learn from them. But it is something that continually working on in lots of different respects. And for something like that, like yeah, it, it would just be fascinating to see for sure what a pronunciation means for for how people see them and and where they're actually from. Mm-hmm. As I said, I created a name badge for myself. Very much. What a fun few minutes that was. Uh, and I used IPA, International Phonetic Alphabet, yeah. where in the little box that you have for the phonetic spelling of the name. But mm-hmm. you know, I've never been able to bring myself to try to use the Roman alphabet to capture pronunciation because it's, it's fraught with difficulty. So yeah. I'm just wondering, just because I'm a nerd, do <laughs> many name coach clients use IPA or do they use the Roman alphabet to, to coach people in the pronunciation of their names? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, I've become kind of a kind of a nerd myself about this stuff. You know, as I'm running the company, most users use the the Roman alphabet, right? So they're mm-hmm. they're using what I've come to understand are called newspaper respelling, as opposed to the IPA, which I, I just think most people have not either familiarized themselves with, or if they have, it's you know, it's difficult to remember. It can certainly be more precise, which is great. But yeah, we definitely we definitely see people using Roman letters. You provide a code, a chart that coaches people in how to represent the spelling of their name. We know what Roman letters correspond to what kinds of pronunciations, because it, you know, that's an area in itself that's fraught with ambiguity. You know, one person would represent their name in, in a completely different way from someone. With this exactly the same name, you know, in use of capital letters or bolding, or do you actually coach people in how to represent their names phonetically? Yeah, so we so we do actually have a, a phonetic respelling guide that we've developed over the past several years that's intended to be as intuitive and easy to use as possible for users who who may have no prior experience with phonetic spelling. As an example, you know, it might be that the letters IH together more intuitively to more users represent the sound I than the letter I by itself. We've tried to capture that into our respelling guide as we've learned from our users. And you wouldn't have seen this in the name badge yet. The name badge is actually something I built along with the commencement product uh, at the very beginning of NameCoach. And a lot has evolved since then. And so the products that we give to our university partners and, and corporate partners will incorporate a lot of this, you know, the AI that I talked about, as well as things like the phonetic respelling guide to help their users see like, okay, this is the right way or a way, <laughs> a consistent way to represent my name in a respelling. So often it's which syllable is stressed is important. Uh, how, how do you indicate uh, in your code a stressed syllable? How is that done? For stresses, we use capitalization. So an entire ah. syllable is capitalized. Good, good. So let's talk again a little bit more about when a pronunciation is correct. And when it's incorrect, I mean, I mentioned that my that with my own name, I would be satisfied if it were correct within the phonology of the speaker's first language or dialect. I, I mean, I wouldn't expect an aspirated P for Paul from someone whose first language doesn't contain that aspirated P. And I guess, conversely, someone 
from one of the Indian languages wouldn't mind hearing an aspirated P from an English speaker who pronounces it, you know, Barbanu or Bravino or whatever. I guess the question is, to what extent do you guide name coach users, name badge people, to be tolerant of the phonology of other languages? Oh, that's an interesting question. I, I think as we as we start uh, deploying some of these newer products, which take this this kind of detail into account, it's a very important detail, right? And and which is why we're have this whole research project happening around around what phonemes should we present to a a consumer of name coach based on their linguistic background. But I think I think as we deploy that, it should become more obvious to our users that there are distinctions, right, between how they say a name and how other people say a name, simply yeah. because in virtue of the fact that they are receiving pronunciations that have been transformed to to serve them. I, I do think certainly promoting that tolerance would be a great thing. If you wanted Bravin, uh, the pronunciation of your name, would you be justified in calling someone out because they didn't say bra? Well, again, trying to keep it empirical, uh, at least that's the way I try to think about it. it. We don't see a lot of that. That That's not really the sentiment among users, right? That if, if someone doesn't have the phoneme, they're nonetheless called out for, you know, for not using it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a concept, a phrase, I think it's called best pronunciation for a phonology. I think, I think that's, that's what it was called. I read about it um, in some work being done on uh, sociology of, of names. And, and, and the idea there again, was that you don't, a, a lot of speakers do just don't expect that speakers from other languages are going to get it exactly right. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, if speakers from other languages try, it's a little weird, right? It's either <laughs> exactly. It's becoming pretentious, perhaps, as exactly. Catherine would say. I have a dear Indian friend whose name is Deepak, D E E P A K, Deepak. Mm. He hates it when English speakers call him Deepak. <laughs> yeah, he'll correct people on that. Uh, yeah. Do you think that's a mispronunciation? Should he correct English speakers? In this matter, should he, if he was creating a name badge, dwell on the matter of the vowel in his in the last syllable of his name? I would, right? If that was my name and I was using Namecoach to, to help others pronounce my name correctly, I would certainly make that correction. And and the reason is, you know, for other English speakers, and the reason is Deepak and Deepak are both, you know, I can say them. I'm an American. I don't really speak other languages. And I can say both those names relatively easily, right? It's not like I'm being asked to say to use some phonemes that are difficult for me to, to right. produce, right? And so, so I, think, I think that's absolutely legitimate. Yeah, yeah say, my name's Deepak, not Deepak. Yeah, okay, yeah, because yeah. we have both those vowels. We yeah. have Puck, Puck and Pack are both part of our inventory of sounds. Let's talk about different cultures naming conventions. I think this is fascinating. You know, we all, we sort of, here in America, think, well, everybody has a, they put their first name first and their last name last, and but other cultures have completely different naming conventions. You know, it might end in the use of patronymics and matronymics. Uh, uh-huh. Do you advise name coach users to include their culture's naming conventions? You know, I'm thinking of Chinese people whose uh, you know first name is last, and so forth. Right. Yeah. Um, so when people are representing their own pronunciation, it's it's pretty. I think as you saw with the name badge. Right now, there's not a whole lot of guidance, right? So if it's a Chinese user who's creating their name badge, we don't say, um, hey, you ought to consider representing it one way or another because of the differences between the way 
you know, your culture represents names and, and other cultures that might be of the people that might be consuming this name badge. Mm-hmm. But in the in the prescriptive product, right, where we're starting to basically predict or help people learn what a name probably is for someone else. Yes, we're starting to include rules like that. There's a an example that actually just came up for me. We have a new engineer on our team who's from Brazil. And in Slack, which is our, our workplace communication tool, everyone has a profile. And the first name field in their profile shows up as the sender of every Slack message. And so the sender's first name is Fabricio. But when I'm talking to certain people who interact with him, they call him by his last name or by a different name, Beleza. And so I, I finally asked him, I said, what, you know, what do you actually prefer? And it turns out that he prefers Beleza, even though the first name field that shows up in our technology that people are reading and looking at is, is Fabricio. Yes. So there's just a lot of elements to that problem that are, that are quite interesting. <laughs> they are. They are indeed. This has been great. Um, before we close today, Praveen, is there something about Namecoach and the need for such a service that we uh, that we should discuss before we close? Something I haven't thought about yet? You asked some really, really on-the-nose questions in terms of what some of the challenges are and interesting problems are with respect to name pronunciation. One thing that I might add, uh, just because I, I think it's part of the broader mission that that we have as a company. You know, when I started the company, it was it was because of this personal pain point I was experiencing. But it wasn't that, you know, building the software initially wasn't really wasn't really for more than just solving that pain point. But starting a company was because I realized that this is just representative of a much larger mission to help create, you know, as we're talking about before, bonds of fellowship between people or enable bonds of fellowship between people, help people feel like they belong. Yes. Name pronunciation is, is one important aspect of that. As we're starting to develop a lot of these technologies that help serve name pronunciation, we're also looking at other ways to promote those bonds and to help people be seen by one another. So an example that comes to mind is, you know, when I was talking with a customer of ours last uh, November, they wished me a happy Diwali and they pronounced it correctly, <laughs> which yes. I, I, would not, I would not necessarily have expected, right? And that's not something I heard from a lot of people. And it, it actually touched me. The holiday is important to me. Yeah. There's a million things like that. I think technology can be leveraged to help people in building those connections a little bit more. Names are just the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrific, terrific. Well, thanks, Praveen, for being my guest today on In a Manner of Speaking. Thanks for bringing Name Coach to the world and good luck in the years ahead. Thank you so much, Paul. I really appreciated being here. And thanks to you for joining me, Paul Meyer, and my guest, Praveen Shanbag. To learn more about him and Name Coach and other free extra content, go to paulmeyer.com, choose In a Manner of Speaking from the Other Services tab on the menu bar, and click on Episode 65. Email me with your comments and questions. I love hearing from listeners. paul at paulmeyer.com And don't forget to follow Paul Meyer Dialect Services on Facebook and me on Twitter at DialectPaul. A lot of my clients want coaching in Shakespeare projects. So next month, I thought I would try to dispel some of the real fear that people have when they hear those dreaded words, iambic pentameter. If you'd like to prepare for that, why not download a copy of my ebook, Voicing Shakespeare? You'll find it on the Other Products tab on the menu bar of paulmeyer.com. That's next time on In a Manner of Speaking.